This is the Coach's Wife Life Podcast, where Kristen Urgel, a longtime TV sports reporter and college football coach's wife, goes one-on-one with her fellow coaches' wives. We will uncover the stories of the strong women who are the backbone of college athletics and athletics of all levels. And now, Coach's Wife Life. I'm so honored to have Angie Alexander on with us today. Angie is the wife of Dwayne Alexander, head football coach at Tennessee Tech University. I really appreciate you joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Now, this is your 27th year as a coach's wife. About this time last year, your husband was being named head football coach of Tennessee Tech, his alma mater. If my research is right, this would have been maybe the fifth time you guys have been a part of the program in Cookville. Is that right? Yes, as a player and a coach, it's his fifth time. I actually went to a rival school, so this is my um, third or fourth opportunity to be involved with Tennessee Tech in Cookville, but we're very excited to be back here. How rewarding is it to take over a program that you love so deeply? It has been so exciting, you know, for my husband and for our entire family and really everyone who knows and loves us. Um, People who know us know that Dwayne has always bled purple and gold. He was so proud of his career um, at Tennessee Tech, and he was fortunate enough um, to come back and get his master's degree when he was a graduate assistant at Tennessee Tech. And I'm not sure what it is about most men who played football somewhere, but it seems to be a driving force to go back and coach at a school, whether it's your high school or the college that you played um, to be on that coaching staff. And Dwayne has been very lucky when I met him. He was coaching at our high school alma mater. And now to come back and actually be the head coach at Tennessee Tech has really been a dream come true. It was that dream job, really what he always aspired to do. Now, prior to the Eagles, so much success. You turned around a program at Cumberland University. You took them to historic heights, their first conference title in 61 years. It was in the American Football Coaches Association and the Tennessee Sports Writers Association Coach of the Year. Now, give us a behind-the-scenes look. What do you see on a daily basis that has made him so successful? I think that the key to to his success has been that he is just not afraid to work hard and he has not um, ever shied away from a challenge this he has actually taken over three losing programs and uh, we laugh because he actually had an acquaintance call him up when he took the job at Cumberland and said what are you thinking you know but he just has the ability to to look at a school and look at a program and see what it could be and he is just not afraid to work hard until he does that he truly has um, had a philosophy is that you reap what you sow and he believes that good things happen to people who work hard and he is not afraid of hard work and I think he he really developed that mentality as a player he's not the tallest guy we joke about you know how tall some of the old programs uh, say that he was, and he right. definitely was not. But he has just always had to prove himself. He was a uh, preferred walk-on at Tennessee Tech due to a coaching change, and he had to earn a spot, you know, on the roster. And he's really just had to work hard for everything that he's ever gotten in coaching. And I just think the players and the coaches that he surrounds himself with 
they, they know that he's giving it 110% and that kind of his energy is um, contagious. And I think it makes those folks around him, his players and his coaches want to work hard as well. Now I met your husband interviewing him, actually. My husband was the offensive coordinator to Austin Peay this past season. We played y'all. And he took the time before the game to ask me how my little daughter Landry was doing. It just really touched both of us. You can tell he just makes people and relationships a priority. What do you feel is special about Coach Alexander that parents and players see on a recruiting visit? I know it's recruiting season. What do you think they see in him that makes them go, wow, we have to be a part of this? I think parents, and I've had parents tell me this, just say that they truly feel when they meet him and they talk with him that they know that he cares about their kid. He is not just recruiting a football player. He feels like he is recruiting young men. And I know lots of people, you know, say this, it's not just about winning, but it's truly not. He feels like when he coaches these players that you know, it's an opportunity to mentor them and influence them. And he, he truly believes that young men can learn so much more than just about winning and losing from participating in the game of football and being on a team and learning how to work hard towards the common goal. And we have four children ourselves. And I really do think that is probably even made him a better coach because um, he really just feels like every single player is an extension of our family and he he cares about them you know when you coach at the college level especially these 18 and 19 year old young men they go through so many things and you really if you are invested in them it's so much more you know the job doesn't stop when practice is over it's really 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year and he's really committed to these young men now how did you meet Dwayne Alexander well, that's a little bit of a funny story. We um, are actually from the same hometown, but he's four years older than me. And so we were never in the same school building at the same time. And when I was um, a senior in college, I had a roommate who was engaged to be married to one of his best friends. And he was supposed to have been in their wedding. And they introduced us on a blind date. <laughs> And we got married 18 months later, and they never did. Oh, my goodness. And we laugh, we laugh about that. And I tell my friend that the best thing that ever came out of uh, her dating relationship with that guy was that I met Dwayne. And at least we did get married. And everyone always asks, well, were they both in your wedding? And yes, they were. We just didn't let them walk down the aisle together. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We've been you know, been married since then and four kids and a few dogs and multiple, multiple moves since then, I think has, has made us stronger. It certainly prepared us for the ups and downs of coaching. You've mentioned it, four children, were their names and ages and where are they now? Well, we have three boys and a, and a girl. Our oldest, uh, his name is Hayden. He will actually be 24 tomorrow Great. and he is in grad school here at Tennessee Tech. He's got one semester of school left and is seriously contemplating a life of teaching and coaching and um, want that for him, want him to be happy. And um, our daughter is 18. Her name is Kate. And 
that's been one of the hardest parts of our new job is she's a senior this year and she stayed back in Gallatin, Tennessee, where we moved from so that she could finish her senior year at the high school that she started. So she is living with my mom and it's just about an hour away. So she comes up here as often as she can. And I go home once or twice a week, but that's certainly been one of those challenges of, of the coaching life. And then we have twin boys who just turned 16 last week oh, and they wow. go to school here in our new hometown. And what's funny is they do not play football. They play basketball. <laughs> so now how's the ups and downs of this profession impacted you personally? I know you mentioned to me um, your twins spent some time years ago in the NICU when they were young. I mean, no one's life is without adversity. What or who have you leaned on during those times? Well, we have been so blessed. Um, I laugh and joke all the time about the village that it has taken to raise the Alexander family. And it is so true. At the time that I found out I was expecting the twins, um, Dwayne was actually coaching at Tech, but we were still living in Gallatin and contemplating a move at that time. And I remember getting him off the practice field that day to tell him um, that I was pregnant and uh, with twins. We knew that we were expecting number three, but had no doubt, had no idea that it was number three and four. And I think we both had a light bulb moment that, you know, with four children and with twins, how on earth were we going to move away from our family, you know, at that time? And that was probably one of the toughest years of our life. Um, I was working full time at the local hospital in a job that I loved. And I had great people who worked for me, just a phenomenal staff who um, really endured my pregnancy with me. <laughs> and we had a great church family. We had really only been at First Baptist Church of Gallatin for about a year, but we had a phenomenal Sunday school class. And the minute that, that we found out we were expecting twins, they were excited for us. You could tell they were worried because, uh, you know, this wasn't just the first pregnancy. This was going to be number three and four. And they knew what kind of jobs that we both had because I was a, a marketing director of a four hospital system at that time. And I went on bed rest the first time at 12 weeks with the twins mm. and ended up having them um, at 29 weeks oh, actually wow. was taken, taken by ambulance from our local hospital to a downtown facility in Nashville and spent two weeks in the hospital um, on complete bed rest, trying not to have them. Mm. And just our whole set of friends and family just surrounded us with love and prayers and, you know, the offer to do anything that we needed to do. Uh, one of the girls who worked for me used to help take care, uh, take my kids to school and to uh, daycare or pick them up. And, mm. um, you know, Seth, she she was a good church person and had worked at a church and so she rallied our friends and family for meals and things like that and it just made all the difference and I had a very understanding boss myself who had had a grandchild who was a premature baby and just so supportive of us mm -hmm. I mean our friends and family and our church truly wrapped their arms around us and, and made sure that we got through that and even for the first six weeks after the twins were born and they were still in the hospital, I couldn't drive because of my surgery. And just 
never had to ask for anyone to drive me to the hospital or do anything. There was always someone there waiting. Mm. And, uh, and you know, that need for support and help didn't stop when we brought the, the twins home from the hospital. Um, I, I laugh and say that I've just forgotten about a lot of those details because we were kind of in that mode. And I know you understand what I'm saying is that you just don't worry too far ahead. You just, you wake up and you're like, what do I need to get through today? How am I going to manage the kids and work today? Um, The funny story, if you can, you know, I, 16 years later, I can look back and see some humor and God's sense of humor and all of that. Um, Dwayne almost missed the birth of the twins. Um, (laughs) By that point, he was going back and forth to the hospital at night because we had two kids at home. And, um, the morning that the twins were born, I knew something didn't feel quite right. And I called them very early in the morning and said, come straight to the hospital. I, I don't feel good. I feel like something's wrong. Um, the doctor hasn't been here yet today, but I just, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. And um, not, not long after that, um, the doctor did come in and check on me. And we, I realized I was there by myself that we were going to be having the twins that day, really within the next hour or so. I was going to go into emergency surgery to have them because they were um, in distress Mm. and that husband of mine stopped on the way to the hospital to talk to a recruit (laughs) at a local high school and so it was very much like a television medical drama I was in the OR being prepped for surgery he storms through the door with a nurse putting on his hospital gown and his hat and her directing him to get up, you know, by my head and hold my hand. And he didn't tell me late. He didn't tell me till later what he, why he was late. But I tell that story on him to any person that will listen because he knows I'm never going to forget that. But the joke was on him because the very next day after the twins were born, we had a snowstorm, uh, 15 inches in the, city of Nashville it completely shut oh, the wow. city down for several days so he was forced to stay at the hospital with me and could not go out and finish any recruiting so in his defense you know nothing had been happening and we actually thought I was probably going to be discharged back home because <clears throat> things had been better so but I like to give him a hard time and the kids the twins think that is a very funny story that is absolutely hilarious that is epic coach's wife life right there. Yeah. I well, think you win the before, you win the series on this story here. Well, I appreciate that. We laugh because all of our boys, um, they have a birthday in January, but our daughter was born on July thirty first. And of course that year it was the first day of fall camp. <laughs> and so after she was born and we were settled into our room and my mom was there to take over he did leave and go to football practice, but the whole team came by the hospital that night to see her. So I tell everyone that Kate attended, a, when she was just two weeks old, went to her first high school football jamboree, 10 straight football games and a bowl game that they won that year. Unbelievable. And, uh, yes. Yeah. So all my kids, they, they're, they have grown up around football and, um, you know, this unique lifestyle that we all, that we live and only a few people understand. That's very true. And a lot of my listeners are knee deep in it. Some younger moms that are maybe 
you know, struggling and would really appreciate some advice that you could provide. I mean, how did you handle those demands of doing so many things alone throughout the years? But oh, I mean, what things did you focus on instilling in your children when it just felt like you were kind of a single parent? Well, I certainly tried to make sure that they knew even when he wasn't home, you know, how much we loved them. I, as hard as it, as it was, I tried to have them as at many, you know, of their dad's games and events and practices as I could possibly juggle. And just wanted to always make sure that they felt a part of what he was doing. And, and, and that's something that we have tried to maintain everywhere that he's been a head coach or he's been able to be in control of the schedule is that we know how hard that was when we had small children. We know what those demands were like, especially with both of us working. And, you know, not every staff that we've been on has, has always been family friendly from a, a time standpoint and we just knew that whenever he was a head coach that we wanted to make sure that we supported a, a, a family atmosphere where wives and, and girlfriends and children you know felt welcome and that they felt a part of the staff and they felt like they were a part of the team and you know coaches work a lot of long hours and that's not always avoidable and, but we just always wanted to make sure that, um, you know, that our kids had access to him and, and felt a part of that. You know, we've, it's so funny. I can look back at some of the kids' baby photos and some of their clothing at the time. And I can tell where he was coaching just mm -hmm. based on what they're wearing or what colors. And I know you understand that, but, you know, I just tried to always focus on the important things. Um, a perfect house and even perfect children have not always been, you know, the priority. I, I couldn't get stressed out by things like that. And I always have tried to look for ways just to make life a little bit easier. And I'm the oldest child and has always been somewhat independent. And I think once we, you know, the first child doesn't necessarily change so much for you, but mm -hmm. the second child and then twins certainly yes. do. And I had to be willing to accept help and ask for help if I needed it. And I'm just so fortunate that we were surrounded by people who, who wanted to help us and support us and, and be there for us. And I just, I think it's so important for young moms and young coaches wives, not to just, you know, not to try to be so perfect. Life's not perfect. Life is messy. And I think you have to just look for every opportunity you can to find um, folks who are willing to help you and uh, tools to make life easier. I know when I was working full time and had all four kids back at home, I was going to three places in the morning to drop them off, three places in the afternoon to pick them up. And I sometimes felt guilty about dreading going home by myself with all four kids because it was the hardest part of my day. Yes. About 4.30 to 8 was just exhausting. You're right. And I felt guilty because sometimes being at work was easier. Mm. And I finally found a high schooler who wanted to make a little bit of extra money. I knew her family and I hired her to help me in the afternoons, just Monday through Thursday for about three hours. 
Mm-hmm. And it was just the biggest relief to have an extra set of hands so I could focus on the kids. And because I was always worried that they got the worst of us, you know, mm-hmm. they got their dad after practice or after a long game or after a long trip. And they would just get me after a long day at work. And those evenings are so stressful. And the two years that I had Lauren helping me, um, at home, it just, it really just changed my life, but it also made me more determined to try to find additional resources like that, that would make life easier, and I think you have, you just have to overcome your desire to do it all on your own, and I kind of laughed because the girls who would work for me, who worked for me at that time, they would like, they would come to work and they would be complaining about something and I'd be like, Oh, what's wrong? And they would be upset with their husband. And I'd be like, Oh my goodness, you know, what did he do? (laughs) And one of the, one of, and one of the girls said, well, he wasn't home for bath time last night. I had to do all the bath time routine and bedtime routine by myself. And I'm like, okay. And and then what happened? And she just looked at me and she's like, you don't feel any sympathy for me. I said, well, I don't know what it's like to have help at bath time and bedtime. So I'm not sure why you're so mad. <laughs> and uh, and we've laughed about that. But I do think you kind of go in survival mode, especially, you know, certain times of the year. And it's not always been perfect. Um, you would think that the time of year that I think I've resented football the most in our marriage of all things is when it's time to register for school. Mm-hmm. And I would try to register four kids for school on the same day. Oh, but even then, you know, I learned to do things. I would go by the school in advance. I would get all the paperwork in advance or have them send it to me. And I would explain, hey, I've got four kids that I've got to register. If I could pick up this registration paperwork early and fill it out at home, it would make my life easier. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were always willing to help. And I just had to kind of look for a few little things like that. If you can just take one thing that's a stressor off you, you know, it's helpful. I am taking so many notes right now. I'm just, I, this is really good stuff. I mean, I think you've touched on something that's really what we deal with as moms, as far as we feel guilt for feeling those things that you felt between four thirty and eight. It is tough. It, it, we're knee deep. We're, it's heavy. It's a lot. It's every day. It doesn't, end, it doesn't feel like it's going to end, although it will one day. Um, but you just feel like, how am I going to do this? And I think you touched on something that really we want to do it all by ourselves because deep down inside admitting that you need help or hiring help means you can't do it all alone. And I think that we don't do that sometimes because we feel bad for trying to get others to help us when in fact it, it makes you a better mom if you can delegate some things, you know? Well, it's certainly helpful. And we were so blessed to be locked in with the church and to have family and friends near us when they, when our kids were smaller and it just makes my heart go out to coaches' wives who are in a city where they don't have any support, where they don't have a support system. And I wonder how on earth they do it. Mm-hmm. And it really does make me want to pray for those, uh, those women because I was just so lucky to have a good support system. We have two young coaches' wives on our staff right now who are expecting, and they live hours away from home mm-hmm. and one of them is expecting twins oh my goodness and I'm just 
I'm already so nervous for both of them, you know, mm-hmm. and I laugh because half the coaches on our, on our current staff now, I'm old enough to be their mom. <laughs> and so I, I keep telling these girls, I'm here for you. I'm here mm-hmm. for you. And, and, you know, I know what you're about to go through. And I really don't even know what they're about to go through because they're going to be so far away from their family when, you know, their children are born. And I laugh because one of them is due in August. And I know what that's going to be like for football Mm -hmm. season. I really do. And I just think it is so important for, you know, coaches' wives to, to do all they can to be a good support system, you know, for each other and to kind of recognize that they're going to need help. Um, especially during the season when their husbands are are so busy and I'm just already, you know, trying to to think of ways um, that some of the older coaches' wives, who are, let's say older or more experienced coaches' Mm -hmm. wives, can step up and be a resource to them because, you know, I just think it's so important and having a baby or having twins is such an exciting time and you certainly just want to make sure that they feel uh, feel loved. And I'm like, I know you don't understand this, but if you just need someone to come over so you can take a shower, I'm your person. And uh, I said, because you'll be surprised, you know, a day or two will go by and you'll realize you haven't showered when you have those two twins, you know, uh, at the house. And uh, your husband is still at, at work breaking down film. And uh, so I know how tough that can be. And it is very important to kind of not to feel like a failure because you have to ask mm-hmm. for some help. I think that's a great message to the older, um, more established wives across the country is, is to um, look around and say, you know, maybe there is someone on my staff that needs a little help and she hasn't asked for it because we don't like asking for help. You know, I think you're right. Like what time do you want me to come over today? Cause I'm coming over. You need a shower. You know, I know you're out there. And, um, uh, I think we've all had someone do that for us at some point. And just a reminder to kind of look around, especially, you know, those that have a lot on their plate, you know, moms of twins or special needs parents out there. I think that's a great message. We kind of don't think about that, but um, to be that support system for, you know, what memories stand out as you look back on this coaching career and that's still unfolding. What are some of those special memories that you have that you've just enjoyed as being a coach's wife? I love football, which is amazing. Um, I miss high school sometimes because there's something special about being a um, a high school football coach. I've really enjoyed almost all of our coaching experiences. Some of the highlights for me that mean a lot to me is I have had the benefit on several occasions, especially when my husband was at Cumberland, to have players ask for me to stand with them on senior day. And uh, if I talk about it, it'll kind of choke me up because, you know, not every one of those boys um, have a great home life and or they're far, they're hours away from home and they've got hardworking parents who maybe couldn't make the trip to be there for senior day. And so for the two times that I had been asked to stand with a player on senior day has just meant so much to me because I truly felt like that was um, a great example of how much they felt like family and how they were comfortable with us and knew how much that we cared about them. And it was a truly an honor to uh, stand with those young men uh, when they were a senior and know that they were about to graduate and know that we just played a little bit of role 
you know, in their development and that they knew that they had someone who cared about them and loved them outside of their family um, that wanted to be there supportive. And, you know, it means so much when we run into former players um, from high school all the way up to college or we hear from them or we receive an invitation to their wedding or, you know, they reach out to let Dwayne know about their new job. Uh, you know, it's just, it's so special to have played a role in, in so many young men's lives and to know that they appreciated that and they, and to know, you know, they appreciated the fact that we cared about them. Um, some of these kids have heartbreaking stories mm -hmm. and there was a year one Christmas um, where a couple of Dwayne's players weren't able to go home and it just broke my heart. And so several of us got together and kind of filled some stockings for them and, and, you know, took those to them on Christmas because I'm like, how sad is that? These kids are living in the dorm, you know, over the Christmas holiday. And Dwayne and his staff always try to keep up with when the holidays are coming and kids can't always afford to get back home to make sure that they have another family to go home with or um, work with the church to make sure that, you know, they're going to be fed and different things like that. And I think sometimes people really, they forget that these young men are, are kids too and need things and need support out, you know, outside the classroom and off of the football field. I know one of the toughest memories um, that I recall was getting a call in the middle of the night um, from a mom who, whose son had been involved in a car accident mm -hmm. and she thought he had um, passed away in that car accident. And she asked Dwayne if he would go with her to the morgue. Wow. And it was just heartbreaking, and it was heartbreaking to see Dwayne deal with that. And um, he was so upset because this particular player was the last player he had talked to on Friday afternoon. And he was just devastated. And But he wanted to be there for that mom and go through that process with her because he knew that she needed support. And it was a very weird situation, and there were several boys in the car in a car accident that was no fault of theirs. And come to find out, it was not her son um, that was the one that was killed, mm. but it was there. But there was another boy in the car accident that did lose his life, wow. and that's just a traumatic experience. And I just don't know if people outside of the football world know that coaches deal with things like that, or they get called uh, on to to be there and be there for families and go through things like that. And I was just so thankful that. I have a husband who cares and wanted to d go through that. And just, uh, he tells his players all the time, you know, I'll do anything I can to help you as long as you're trying to, you know, help yourself and, um, and, and do the things that you're supposed to do. But it's just so much more than just X's and O's and being a coach, being a teacher, being any of those things these days. But, you know, that was one experience that really, um, has stuck with me all these years. Um, that I was proud of him and my heart broke for him when he had to go do that. But I just, uh, you know, I don't think really many folks think about those types of things and, you know, they're not always good situations. No. Uh, these are 18 and 19 year old boys. They're young men and they don't always make the best decisions. And uh, Dwayne uses a lot of tough love, but he always makes sure that even though, you know, his players mess up that he always loves them they're probably going to have to 
deal with the consequences of anything that they've done, but he's there for them. And he just, he always tries to instill the thought that they are always representing their team and their teammates and their school. And every chance he gets, he just reminds them to make the best decisions, you know, and to represent themselves and their family um, as best they can. But that was, that was a tough time, um, you know, going through that. But there's so many good things and we'll be out. We can't go anywhere. We can be out of state and run into someone and I'll hear, hey, coach, and he'll <laughs> talk to them, ask them how they're doing, you know, introduce us to their wife or their kids. And as soon as they walk away, I'm like, okay, where'd you coach him? And I'm always amazed. He remembers. He remembers wow. where he coached him. He remembers. And, and you know what's amazing is he'll go, yep, I had to kick him off the team his sophomore year. Or, huh. yeah, I had to discipline him then. I'm like, well, he acts like he still likes you. And he said, well, he knows that I cared about him, but he knows I had to make him do the right thing. And that always amazes me that, you know, they're not always necessarily star athletes or mm -hmm. kids that played for him all four years and, and did great things on the field um, is that, you know, but they had a good experience playing. And so I always enjoy running into um, his former players and just kind of hearing about where they are in their lives now. He's been coaching 30 years and that's a lot of players to uh, to have an influence over and that role as a mentor is not something that he takes lightly and I, I think it became more serious for him after we had our own children and he realized um, you know all the opportunities that that he has to um, to to lead by example I think that's the reason why he does get those phone calls from parents or those hard situations because they know who he is and who both of y'all are. I mean, that's, that speaks volumes right there to even be involved in those types of situations because of how you character, carry yourselves and how the character and the compassion you have for people. That's so very evident. Now I know there's a lot of long hours in coaching. The husband spend away what are some things that you find fulfilling while he spends so much time recruiting and game planning? Well, I would love to say that I like to cook and exercise, but that's not true. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, just, I enjoy spending time with our kids and we have really tried to make it a policy in our family that at least one of us will always be at their activities and their school events. And because it's not always possible for both of us to be there, we, we do as much as we can. But um, we've had four active kids who play sports and are very involved with school. And we call it tag team parenting and whether that's good or whether that's bad, but we always want our kids to know that we are there, you know, with them and supporting them. And I love to read, mm -hmm. I love to travel. And uh, I wish I were a better housekeeper. I say that as I, I look around at my house right now, but <laughs> I just, that's not always been a priority for me. I've always had such a full plate that I've tried to have the right priorities. And I like to craft. I like to, I like to decorate for the holidays, but you know, keeping up with the four kids really does keep me busy. Oh yeah. You don't have a lot of downtime. What's something that you enjoy doing for the wives on your staff now that you're a head coach's wife? Well, I've been very adamant with Dwayne when we got this job is to, to talk to him about what the schedule was going to look like. And because, you know, I never want the coach's wives to, you know, 
me angry at my husband because he keeps their husbands away so much. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I, and I just said, I wanted to make sure that we had an environment where they felt like it was a, a family environment and that they knew that, um, that we were there for them and they could call us for anything. Um, when we traveled out of town, some, uh, not all the coaches wives, you know, always get to go, but I've tried to make it a point to, um, have dinner with them. And, um, at Christmas time, um, I got them all gift cards to get manicures because, you know, and just small things like that. I just, I want to make sure that they know that we appreciate them and that they know that we understand, you know, how hard it can be on a new marriage, a new family, um, that this lifestyle can be tough and that we understand it and we, you know, are here for them if they need anything. That's why it's been so exciting to share with a couple of them that they are expecting. And just always try to, um, to make sure that they know that, that we appreciate them and we feel like this, they are a package deal with their husband because if they're not supportive and of, of their husband and their job, it, you know, it can affect the team. And because you don't, uh, you know, you want everyone to be on the same page and know that we all have the same goal. And it's important to have the buy-in, you know, of the wives for that and to, um, to make their husbands you know, feel supported and just to know that, that we care about them. We care about them just as much as, as their husband being a part of staff, that they are truly part of the staff, you know, as well. We've got a great bunch of coaches and, and coaches' wives um, on this staff that I truly enjoy spending time with. And, uh, and it's, you know, we don't have any issues with the offensive side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. And a couple times, you know, we – uh, throughout the season, a few of us would go out without the husband, and uh, because sometimes they just need an opportunity to vent. Mm -hmm. There aren't many people, your friends and family outside of football, they just truly don't understand um, what our lifestyle is like, and I laugh every time I'll say something about Dwayne's got to fly out of town, or he's got to go on a recruiting trip, and my mom will say something about, I can't believe he has to go out of town again. I'm like, mom, we've been married all this time. You know what football is like. But, you know, they truly just don't understand that so many times of the year it's seven days a week. And I think you have to, you have to be a good network for other coaches' wives, um, you know, to be a sounding board and to be supportive. And um, I just think that's very important. I think some wives right now are writing down Tennessee Tech and telling their husband, if there's any turnover on that staff, we we found our next spot. You're going to get a lot of people trying to interview. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Staff, I'm telling you, that is the vision you need to have as a head coach and wife. That it's, that's top notch. That's what it's all about, focusing on people and relationships and the whole picture. I can see um, why y'all were chosen there and will um, have so much success for the Eagles. What are well, thank things? you. It's a work in progress, but, um, you know, it, it really is important to us. Now, what have you found to be some of the most rewarding things? You've mentioned a lot of things along the way with this podcast, but if some things just stick out, what's some most rewarding things about this very unique life that we live? I just think the coaching profession um, in general is so unique. I've been fortunate enough these last few years to travel some with Dwayne to to go to the coaching convention 
I participated in some of the wives events this year and it was awesome. And because I think sometimes, especially if you're on a new staff or you're in a new city, it would be easy to feel alone and not kind of feel that network. Um, I love meeting new kids. I love recruiting season, although I don't like recruiting season in December now, but <laughs> right. I enjoy meet, I enjoy standing by my husband and, and meeting parents and meeting new players when, when they come in for recruiting weekends, because I truly do think it's important for parents to, um, to not only meet our coaches, but to meet the support system that they have. And we always try to have at least one dinner when recruits are in where our kids are there and the other coaches wives and their kids are there because we want them to know that we really do feel like it's a family and here we are we're better or worse you know all of our families there together and um, it's just it's rewarding to see your husband work hard and to have some success and you know that doesn't happen every year and I've always tried to keep my husband grounded we we do have a strong faith and um you know, that's not perfect. And every day, sometimes it's a new challenge. And, you know, this year was a tough year. He he took over a program that was in a rebuilding stage. We just won one game. And uh, boy, there were a lot of tears at that game. And we were so excited. But you just see your husband work so hard day in and day out, and you want success for them. I mean, I just truly believe on game day, there's no one more stressed and more nervous and more excited than coaches' wives because we know how hard our husbands work and how much time they've spent with these young men, and you just want to see them play hard and be successful. And, you know, there have been times that I've had to remind him that we certainly believe God's plan is perfect, um, even though we don't always understand it. And during some of those tougher seasons, He doesn't always want to listen, but I'll have to remind him, you know, we may be here in this town at this school with this team, and it has nothing to do with wins and losses. Mm -hmm. You know, there may just be one young man on this team that needed you, that needed your influence, that needed you to be here because they're going through a tough time. And I know you're competitive and I know you want to win, but just because it's not showing up in the win and loss column doesn't mean that you're not here doing good work. And we just have to pray every day that, you know, God opens our eyes for when that person or that young man or that parent or whomever crosses our path, that we, you know, that we are there for them and we recognize that as an opportunity to do good work. And uh, it's easy to be a, It's not easy to be a coach's wife even during a winning season, but it's really hard to be a coach's wife during a losing season and a rebuilding time. And you just have to remind yourself that, um, you know, it's not all about the wins and the losses, which is tough when your husband's livelihood and you paying your house note depends on wins and losses sometimes. But I think being in this profession for so long, when you're out to dinner or you're you know, you're on a vacation and you run into someone who who used to, to play for him and you you see them and you meet their family, is that just a really good reminder that, you know, God puts you at that school, at that place, with that team at that a certain time um, 
to do good work. And it may be 10 or 15 years down the road before you can look back and, and say, yeah, that's why I was at that school at that time. Um, but there, you know, that was part of his plan and there was a reason for it. Such wisdom. Absolutely amazing. I'm talking to Angie Alexander, Tennessee Tech. I know you can get a hold of them by going to their website, coachdwaynealexander.com. I have fast five questions for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. If you were able to hop on a Learjet, where would you tell the pilot to take you and coach? Today, it would be any beach, anywhere where the sun was shining and it was about 80 degrees. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. If Coach Alexander was going to make you dinner, what would he cook? Oh my goodness. Probably wings or nachos. He's a simple man. <laughs> okay. Now, what is something in your house that you probably need to get rid of, but you just don't end up throwing it away? I'm really struggling with what to do with all of my kids' paperwork, awards. I know I should be like taking digital photos of it and like saving it for them, but Every time we move, I just, the, bo the amount of boxes and the stuff and the baby clothes that go with four clothes, you know, go with four kids gets harder and harder and he gets madder and madder every time we move and we're still carrying around a box of baby clothes for each child and a box of artwork for each <laughs> child. But I have not been able to give that stuff up yet. I love it, though. I, I do the same thing. Okay, if you could have dinner with someone past or present outside of your immediate family, who would that be? Don't tell my husband, but it would be Kenny Chesney. <laughs> he's my favorite singer. He knows that. I've been to see Kenny Chesney about five times, and he's taken me to most of those. But I wouldn't mind going to dinner with Kenny Chesney. And Dwayne could come, too. Okay, that's good. Okay, coaches in away game. You didn't get to go. It's too far away. You watched it online, and now you're going to binge watch Netflix. What show would you pick? Gosh, I know it's terrible, and it sounds like a cliche, but one of the, the one shows that I actually have binge watched is Friday Night Lights. Um, I love Tammy Taylor. I love Tim Riggins. I even have some of my own Dylan Panthers T-shirts that I like to wear just to bug my husband, but I love that show. Love it, love it, love it. And that's what kind of makes me miss high school coaching sometimes. I love that show. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Angie, for sharing your stories, insight, a ton of wisdom. I'm sitting over here taking so many notes. I appreciate you being a part of us. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and wish you and your family the best in your coaching transition as well. Make sure to subscribe to the Coach's Wife Live podcast. And for a replay of this episode or previous episodes, visit coacheswifelife.org and follow us on social media at Coach's Wife Life.